all warned. Let no one deceive you. That day won't come unless there's a falling away. A falling away from what? You got that Bible. What that book clearly says is what people will fall away from. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. God alone knows the end of something before its beginning begins. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing our series through the book of Daniel that I've called Courageous Living in Trying Times. Did you know that the longest continuing prophecy in the Bible is found in the 11th chapter of Daniel? This amazing chapter covers events affecting the Jews from the 5th to the 1st centuries before Christ. And as with all Bible prophecy, we're going to see that it was fulfilled with 100% accuracy. And Daniel 11 is also the only chapter in the Bible that was declared to be sealed until the time of the end. Well, I know you're excited to hear what God has to say to us today out of this amazing chapter. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, The Longest Prophecy. Daniel was burdened. That's why he went on a 21-day fast. He was burdened. And what was he burdened about? He knew that tough times were coming for his people. And this Antiochus is one of the tough times that he knew in chapter 10 was coming for his people. He was king of the north. None will stand before him. He's going to make conquest of Israel. Look at verse 16. He, Antiochus, that comes against him, the him is Israel, shall do after his own will, as he desires, without control. He will stand in the glorious land. That's Judea. That's God's land. With destruction and power. So here's a prediction that really tough times are coming for Israel in Old Testament days. And we know that Antiochus came along. He held all Judea captive. And with the provision and product of the captivity... He maintained his massive army. And then later he switched. And to win the children of Israel over to his side from the Egyptians, he gave them liberties like you can worship the way you want to. You can do your sacrifices in the temple if you want to. Practice your religion if you want to. I'm all for it. I really believe like you do. And he seduced Israel over to his side. So in that sense, he's a real type of Antichrist. Because that's what Antichrist is going to do, I think, in the very near future. He will cut a peace treaty with Israel. He will make them think he's on their side. And they will cut a seven-year treaty with hell. And I've told you about this repeatedly. Three and a half years into it, he breaks it. He goes into the Holy of Holies of the rebuilt temple. And he walks into the sacred place and proclaims himself to be God. And he defiles it. This Antiochus is a type of him, but his son, Antiochus Epiphanes, that we're going to look at in a moment, is even more a type 
of the Antichrist. The next verses, 17 through 19, predict Antiochus's various conquests, which again, I'm going to let you read on your own. You can read it if you like. And next we have one of Antiochus's two sons that is going to be alluded to here as a burdensome taxer of his people. Now, Antiochus left two boys. I think the name of the first one is Seleucus. And if it's not, oh well. That's what I'm going with. Seleucus and Antiochus, Epiphanes. So he left two sons, both of whom successfully followed him on the throne. It is the first one, Seleucus, who's the oppressive taxer. Look at verse 20. There shall arise in his place one Seleucus who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom. But within a few days he shall be destroyed, but not in anger or in battle. So the people of God were taxed in a burdensome way by this man. Now next, Gabriel, who is still the one talking, says in verse 21, and in his place, that is Seleucus's place, shall arise what kind of a person? Vile person. To whom they will not give the honor of royalty, but he will come in peaceably and seize the kingdom by intrigue, by manipulation. The vile person here is the second son, Antiochus Epiphanes, the second son of Antiochus, who commits the abomination of desolation. And I told you what he did. He did many things, but the worst thing he did that Jesus alludes to in Matthew 24, he walked into the Holy of Holies with a pig and he desecrated the Holy of Holies. And when he did this, he went down in history as having, we're about to read about it, as having done something that none of his fathers ever did. He was the worst of the worst. His name meant a God who became a man. He loved being called that, a, the God who be, a God who became a man. Some of his people called him Antiochus Ampimenes, which means madman. Anytime some man thinks he's God, he's a madman. He became king because he cheated and he was a prolific liar. So he was a typical politician. I'm sorry, did I come in tonight with a chip on my shoulder? I just never cease to be amazed at how they can look you right in the... Amen. That's a good time right there to give the Lord a hand. We need that real bad. We really do. But this Antiochus, yeah, he was a typical, you know, dictator, liar, politician. He became king, cheating and lying. Then he defeated other nations the same way, by lying and by intrigue, just as Gabriel predicted. So say with me, God knew. He was a very powerful king who did evil things, worse things than the kings before him did, like the abomination of desolation I just talked about. But God only let him continue for six years. Thank God there is always a hand on the dial. When somebody wicked rises up, nobody would have ever guessed that Hitler would have perished when he did. It looked like he was going to rule the whole world until the very end. But God always has his hand on the dial. And you know what? God always knows. He knows the end from the beginning. Now next, verse 22 could be a reference to Rome's part in Christ's death. Christ, in verse 22, I believe is called the Prince of the Covenant. It says, With the force of a flood, they shall be swept away from before him and be broken. And also the Prince of the Covenant will be broken. Now next, verses 23 and 24 are once again dealing with the defiler Antiochus Epiphanes, 
Look at verse 23. And after the league is made with him, he will act deceitfully. For he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. He will enter peaceably, even into the richest places of the province. And he shall do what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. And that's, again, the abomination of desolation. He will disperse among them the plunder, spoil, and riches. And he will devise his plans against the strongholds. All of this, folks, is against Israel that we're reading about. So what Daniel was burdened about in chapter 10, this is where it all goes down in chapter 11. Antiochus, his son Antiochus Epiphanes, wreaking havoc on the glorious land, the glorious land under attack. And let me ask you, is the glorious land under attack today? Right now, if most of the Arab world could have their wish, what would that wish be? That Israel no longer existed, that it's vaporized right now. That would be their wish. So the glorious land was under attack then, and the glorious land is under attack now. And world events in the end times are all going to revolve and rotate around Israel. Now, verse 25 through 30 are, again, lots of detail that can take your eye off the bigger picture. They deal with the war between Antiochus and Egypt, where Antiochus wins the battle. And then also, verses 29 through 35 can bog you down if you let it. They inform us that later Antiochus attacked Egypt again. This time he was not successful because the Romans opposed him and his brief reign of terror came to an end. Now, once again, can I point out that these things Gabriel said would happen before they ever started. So can we say it again? God knew. Now, with the start of verse 36, a shift takes place in this chapter where the man, Antiochus Epiphanes, is no longer the subject. Because things are described that he did not do. We know what he did historically. And things are described he never did. In verse 36, to the close of the chapter in verse 45, I believe Gabriel is now focusing on the coming Antichrist of the last days. So there is a shift. Now again, I ask you tonight, if God knew all of the detailed intricacies of what was going to go down with these various nations... Does he know what's going to go down at the end of the world? In the minutest detail. Oh, yeah. So here he comes now. Here's Gabriel. He's shifting gears. He's focusing on another man now, another evil individual. So let's finish this session. I want to just read 36 through 39 and highlight some of the things that Antichrist is going to do in the last days. Look at verse 36. Then the king, and that's Antichrist now, shall do according to his own will. Look at his character. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god. He will speak blasphemies against the god of gods. He will prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. Now, you do know, church, that Antichrist coming out of the scene has been determined by God. What did Paul tell us? Because men in the last days will reject the truth, God himself will send a strong delusion that they will believe a lie. 
And what is the delusion? It's this man. And what is the lie? That he's the answer. So he's arrogant. He's blasphemous. He has a vile tongue. He is the fulfillment of God's wrath. Verse 37, he will regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women. Now, I'm going to make a little guess here. I don't know. This is heavy stuff. But let me hazard a guess. Two things he's going to kick against tradition. He will not regard the God of his fathers. But second, he's not going to regard the desire of women. So could it be he's homosexual? I don't know. But what a strange statement. He will not regard the desire of women. What a strange statement. What do you do with that? Well, I can hazard a guess. I don't know. It might, it might not be. Nor regard any God, for he will exalt himself above them all. Oh, yeah, he's going to say, I'm God. But in their place, he shall honor a God of fortresses, and that means a God of war. And a God which his fathers did not know, he will honor with gold and silver, precious stones, and pleasant things. I don't know what the God is that his fathers didn't know that he's going to honor. I don't know what that is. Verse 39, thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign God. Isn't that interesting? Which he shall acknowledge, this foreign God. He will acknowledge, and he will advance the glory of this foreign God. And he shall cause them to rule over many. And look what he'll do. Look at this last phrase. He will divide the land. Well, what's the land? It's Jerusalem. It's Israel. And you know that God speaks a curse, a real curse on anybody who tries to divide the land? Did you know that? Very, very clear in the Bible, repeatedly, several places. God says, you touch that land, you divide that land, you're under a curse. And several curses are released on the people. So this Antichrist will succeed in dividing the land for gain. Now, since the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, many other evil men have lived. Many of them hated God and many of them hated his people like Hitler. Hitler hated God and Hitler hated God's people. Hitler was totally demon-possessed. The Third Reich were Satan worshipers. Did you know that? The Third Reich were Satan worshipers. Many of them were active homosexuals. I'm just telling you what I've read in history. I'm just quoting history. But they were huge occultists, really involved in the dark arts. And they hated God's people and tried to annihilate them. The man who will come at the end of the world, though, will be even worse. He will be Hitler squared on steroids. <laughs> Let me read to you out of the New Testament what Paul writes about this coming Antichrist and see how it lines up with what Gabriel just said in the verses we just read. Paul writes, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you, don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Can we all read that together? I think that's good advice. Don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or rumor or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of the Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means. Now, he's going to tell us what has to happen before Jesus comes back. Listen to this. Second part of verse 3. For that day, return of Christ, will not come 
unless there is a falling away first. Let me stop there a minute and say that means an apostasy. Now, Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, he said, in the last days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits and teachings of demons. There will be an apostasy. Now, let me ask you a question tonight. Are we watching right now in America, in the West? Let's just talk about America. That's where we live, in the West. Are we watching an apostasy? Oh, yes, we are. So where, Jeff? Many of the major denominations that used to be the bulwarks of the truth, they used to hold forth the Bible as the holy scriptures of God, have now completely walked away from them. They are putting their seal of approval on what scripture condemns. For instance, validating homosexuality. And you know there's a lot of preachers who won't even say that. They're so terrified by PC that they won't even say it. But you see, Paul warned that these days would come. And in Romans 1 and other parts of the Bible, homosexuality along with other types of sexual sin is clearly condemned. But we've got whole denominations now that are putting their seal of approval on it who are marrying same-sex people and who are ordaining active, outspoken homosexuals. Paul would be turning over in his grave. It's a fact. It's an apostasy. We're watching whole denominations reject the virgin birth, reject the teaching of the return of Christ. There's churches you can walk in that used to preach the return of Christ, used to preach the virgin birth, that now tell you it's a myth, it's a fable, it's allegorical, it's metaphorical. It's not really to be taken literally. We're watching a real apostasy in the West. We're watching what Paul, let no one deceive you, that day won't come unless there's a falling away. A falling away from what? You got that Bible in your hand, hold up your Bible. What that book clearly says, clearly in black and white, is what people will fall away from, what they will throw out the window. And the reason they throw out the window is because they have departed in their hearts from the true and the living God. And now... The Bible is not going to scrutinize me. I'm going to scrutinize the Bible. The Bible's not going to pick me apart. I'm going to pick the Bible apart. And when you start doing that, you're going down the road of apostasy. Folks, it's happening in mass around us. Stunningly. Now, look at the next thing he says. The man of sin must be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God. Let me read that again. There has to be then a rebuilt temple, because look right here. He sits as God in what? The temple of God. And what is standing right now where the temple used to be? The Dome of the Rock, the place for Islamic worship. But right here, it's clear. This Antichrist will sit calling himself God in the temple of God, and that's the abomination of desolation Jesus warned about in Matthew 24 that he said would come in the last days before his return, showing himself that he is God. Now, I used to read this, and I used to go, nobody will fall for that. I don't think it anymore. After the things I've seen people fall for, just hook, line, and sinker with the greatest of ease, with no problem at all, now I have no problem 
envisioning a man, tremendously charismatic, magnetic, who feigns himself to be a peacemaker, who will come onto the world scene, step onto the stage of history, and will bring an Arab-Israeli peace treaty. And everybody will say, oh, my Lord, it's finally done, and this is the guy that did it, and he's our answer, and listen to him. He's the man. And they're right. He is the man. He's the man of sin, the son of perdition, who is to come. He'll say he's greater than God, but then he will turn on the Jews. And halfway through the tribulation period, halfway into the peace treaty that he cuts with Israel, he will break it, and all hell will break loose on the Jewish people and Christians around the world, and there will be a persecution like we've never seen, and blood will be spilled like we've never seen martyrs' blood spilled. He will attack many countries, and he will have power over them. He'll institute the one world monetary system. He'll institute the mark of the beast. He'll institute 666. You will get something under the palm of your hand or on your forehead. I believe it will either be a little tattoo kind of thing or something under the skin. When they read this hundreds of years ago, they couldn't figure out what this was about. But now, with the age of technology, we know exactly how it will happen. You'll go under a scanner in the supermarket. You won't have to put down your credit card anymore. There'll be no chip on a card. The chip will be in you. The chip in the card is just the next step before the chip in you. And those of us who know the Bible will refuse it. People, Christians who come to Christ during this time, they'll refuse it. And they'll be hunted and stalked like animals in the world. Some will survive, some will die. Many will be martyred. And it will all lead to the greatest war and the worst bloodshed in the history of the world. And when it looks like no flesh will be saved, Christ will return at the sound of the trumpet. God will unleash His judgment. Jesus will return. Antichrist, the false prophet, will be grabbed hold of by Messiah and cast into the lake of fire. And they will break open the lake of fire, which right now is sizzling with nothing in it. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed hearing today's message as much as I really did enjoy delivering it. Now, don't go anywhere because we have some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, that I believe is going to bless you. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcement. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. The Longest Prophecy is the 12th message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to LifeTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to LifeTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Mm-hmm.